0: In this 65th episode of the Missal podcast, you will listen to my conversation with Josefa Ahmed, the co-founder of Risk, a social impact startup that's tackling the problem of food insecurity and waste through its many different programs. Let's listen in. Welcome uh, to the Misal Podcast, uh, Josefa. How are you? Alhamdulillah, Zayed. Thank you for having me. I'm good. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh, this is my first time talking to someone who is running a non-profit. Let's get started with like a quick introduction and please tell me the backstory behind
1: risk and how did you you know, come about you know, starting this nonprofit. My name is Josefa Ahmed and... I am one of the founders of RISC. So, along with me, I have two other founders as well, Musa and Qasim. How the story was is um, back in 2015, when we were studying in LUMS, we had this idea of doing something around food because, and uh, that is when we actually started back in 2015, April. My mother had been conducting a Dastar Khan, uh, which was in soup kitchen, in Langan. People coming in every day at our house. She cooks the meal herself. And we, this is like 200 250 300 people having at my backyard every day sitting there. Just like a Rasta Khan. like a place where they can have food. Uh, we, we always thought that there, there are so many people who are left behind. And there's only so much she can do at the end of the day. The, on the other side, while we were studying, we had this realization that there's a lot of food that is going around uh, being wasted. So we, we always used to go dine out. We always used to think what happens to the food. That 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 is thrown away. That is thrown at left over at weddings or restaurants or our, our cafe. That Lund. so we just started to, to think about what we can do uh, while while studying here in London. We have some limited time. What what we can do? So we ended up making a Facebook page. One day, just um, out of out of boredom, we thought we should be doing something and we, we thought that Facebook page is going to be the right idea and we, we gave it the name Riz and we, we we put up a status that if you have any excess food left over, just give us a call. We, we gave our numbers, all three of us, and uh, we, we decided whoever is free among our classes would uh, eventually go on his car and pick up the food and we know where to give food because... That is what my mom has been doing. She's been making food. People have been coming. We know there are a lot of people that still are waiting or we know places where people come from. So we eventually distribute that food. So that is how the the, the very small idea of channelizing food, the food that is wasted, the risk came into view. And cutting it short in a nutshell, when we, we, when we jumped into the whole idea, when we saw it ourselves, the, the magnitude of the problem, not just the food that was being wasted but as we delve into the whole scheme of things we realize the f- the poverty puppets around our own areas how what is what how how uh, people have to struggle just for food right so uh, it eventually made us question that what we see need to do we need to how do we address this larger problem that we have in hand it's not just the food waste at the end of the day it's, it's the poverty it's the food hunger it's the food injustice that we eventually if found the right word that that needs to be figured out in this country, and then we started developing different scheme of programs, projects, ideas, technology that could help build the solve the problem for us. And the problem for us was not just feeding people every day; it was always about building the capacity, the infrastructure that could address this problem as as a whole. And uh, when we we are looking at the problem from from zoom out lens, we are looking at largest in pink, we always thought what would be the solution to the problem.
0: When you are at LUMs, around you people are not really graduating and starting a nonprofit, right? People are, you know, getting jobs, uh, starting, you know, businesses, but it's not a nonprofit. You probably uh, were one of the very few people who are doing this. So were there any, like, you know, reservations that you had that, okay, we are venturing on to something that, you know, we might not end up, you know, succeeding in. Were there any concerns about what you were doing from, you know, maybe within your team or, you know, people from outside too?
1: Yeah, uh, to be honest, um, while we are still, we really remember like when we were graduating, there was this, this sense of doubt among all three of us because in 2015, we started off and up till our time of graduation, it was a volunteer thing, but it was pacing up. We we were we were really active in what we were doing at risk. We, we started making volunteer groups among um, among Lam's. we started mobilizing uh, other university chapters, you know, because we thought there is a lot of food that is going waste, not in Lahore, in other places as well. So we might need more volunteers who can just voluntarily go to different places where we because we were getting queries, right? So we call the class <laughs> where uh, I still remember when I the pickup, I was in jail road was in jail road. I was in jail in jail road. I was in jail road and I was in jail So the lady called which she said, Can you come and pick? Uh, I have a lot of haleen that is left over. And I was in the house and I was in the house. Can you guys take up this food and right, distribute it? So this was my first call, and we were sitting in our cafeteria at lunch. And then there will be no problem in this way and we said we need to pace it up. We are going to face up our own voluntarily and then came the graduation time which, which was really doubtful that now we are doing what voluntarily are doing. So one thing in that time period we, we got connected to really good mentors I would say who actually started giving us the perspective that was I think needed but while we were young we needed that perspective why do we need to do this so ek life to do this. perspective i would say you can't be ignored for for the rest of your life. Once you know something, there's always this regret. If you look at something, then you're not able, unable to do this. You'll always carry that regret in your heart. I just realized that that particular time point in time. But I couldn't do it. And you will always go back in your life, if I get the chance, I would do that story because I knew that thing. By the 2015, se we, we had got such a good perspective of why this was needed to be done in Pakistan ke by the time of graduation we thought ako partners who gave us uh, this Liberty we will give you some some uh, ecosystem support you give your, uh, your your first six months and try to figure out if you guys, if you guys can make up something so we got some partners by while we were graduating somebody we used to conduct the sarkans and all of those. We got a really good partners there, very small amount although, but we three thought is ko a chance. So why not? So like let us live six months into graduation after to, to this whole idea that we really believe. Or if we develop something comes about, we will see. So that is how we jumped in. But I, I still know, okay, it was it was very doubtful among three of us. We had a lot of, of fear of what is yet to come because there is a lot of peer pressure a lot people the corporate culture is coming in you mm-hmm. corporate jobs, are people who come from their own family businesses are joining in, a lot of people are going to very good universities for masters so uh, there is a lot of pressure building up in your last three months yeah, at, at your university, it, it can be any US, not the slums, it is the same everywhere so but uh, what I would give credit is to the mentors that we found at that particular point in time who saw the sincerity, who, 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 who very sincerely gave us really good advice as what what the perspective on life is, what is the problem that we are trying to solve and how big of a problem it is and how small your problems can be if, if you look through this lens. And if you are able to do something, this, this time would be really short, it would be a very short time uh you would be looking at just don't focus on what is happening in these, these two three months just look at look what what you can achieve in, in the next seven eight five ten years and that would help you set the tone and direction of what we want to do at risk. so that really helped us and we eventually took off and uh, it was never a smooth journey it was very rough uh, the first six months were weren't good uh we we thought we we Find very good wins. People know us. People now are talking about people, the three boys who are rescuing food. But eventually, when we went out in the market, nobody was willing to give us excess food. It was such a taboo to talk about it. People used to like were afraid of the food authorities. They were not telling us that if we even have uh, excess food at the uh, in the first place. So the all the restaurants uh, we went into, we we never got a got a deal with them. It was always that we do not have any food. We can't give you any food. Some of them were selling. Some of it was going into another market of reselling into going into lower market. So we discovered a lot of things, but we were unable to crack a big win. So we had to change a lot of things. We have to change a lot of perspective. But by the by by those six by by, by those six months, we we realized one thing that we have to do. The more we were able to see things in in a very close manner, the people we used to give food to the community We we actually got very closely uh, exposed to the urban clumps, the urban poverty, the reasons, that direct and indirect causes of hunger. We were exposed to what is happening around the urban uh, periphery in urban cities. What is the hunger looking like? What is the direct and indirect reasons behind hunger? So it was very much of an eye-opener for six months. It was still, I would say, the training that was going on. Before we actually could do something, so yes, it was a very uncertain time, and it you know it won't change. So
0: you mentioned like, you know, talking to mentors gave you a new perspective or helped you understand like, you know, how big of a problem this is. So as you mentioned, like, you know, in your in your house and your your mom would have like, you know, that's and stuff. So you were already like you already knew that, you know, there were people who needed to be fed. How did you go about figuring out, OK, if there is food waste, for example, you know, you mentioned a Dawat and someone calling you and saying, hey, "Could we have some food. How did you figure out like, OK. If this one person is having this problem or has, you know, food waste, there are so many other people who
1: might also be in the same situation. So we also went up to studying what is happening around the globe in this particular sector. How are people developing solutions? So maybe the non-profit is not the only solution. We came up with the whole new idea of that people are coming up with social enterprise model of things, right? So they're, they're doing good stuff. They are then making revenues, they are generating revenues, and they are doing things in a slightly different way, which is not entirely donor-dependent. Yeah. So we had this this structure in mind that someday we will also be, we, that the not Star would be that we have to develop a social enterprise, a social business sort of a thing that that is sustainable. So that was one thing that really struck us before we even started, that we, because... The non-profit sector back in Pakistan still had a lot of uh, taboo. People really not, people had some skepticism around this idea that what is, where is the money going? What is the transparency looking like? We were young and we were really afraid. So Somebody could just walk up and point so many things at your, at your organization and you were just down the other day, right? So it, it was like a very common thing and can can come up being the, being the situation in the country. Yeah, we always thought it's very risky to be, in this business and we always thought that if we have to do something we have to do really which is transparent which is meaningful which is yet new and innovative as well because and, and then the, that that is when the idea of social enterprise also came in since existing and the challenges were uh, we had to face a, a lot of challenges so the, we have to figure out the legal side so how how do we incorporate all three of us because we never thought that our idea would be very investment friendly we would be getting a lot of funding through that route so what is how how do we cater in as a legal structure that we could be ourselves in the structure as well and then we could run the the show as well so we had challenges around developing the technology for for food wastage when there was nobody talking about food wastage in Pakistan it was still a new thing people were talking about in the west they had food banks but there was no food bank in Pakistan nobody Knew what a football looked like before we introduced it in power so we had to we had to take a lot of no's, we had to take a lot of rejection before we could actually make a win in this in that situation we had to find navigate ways to fundraise because conventionally charities in Pakistan have been fundraised by people who are who were, who were known right so if you, if you look up to people who, who are running charities are people who've been doing business for good 20 30 years and had a, they had a good social sector the good social network that they could leverage, people who were uh, back uh, sportsmen and they went into the charity thing, people knew them, they had glamour, they had, they had all those things that could attract money, right? But here is this challenge that we are three students and really, people really don't know us. And uh, we, we are talking about very big numbers that we are facing a problem of 50% of the population is food insecure, that is around 100 billion of the population. And uh, there are so many children who are stunted, who are mal- mal- nutrition. And this is the sort of scenario that we are building it up and which requires a lot of money and infrastructure to be pulled in. But we really don't know how to fundraise. And we need to figure out what who, who are the channels, how this money in this sector particularly uh, gets, get, gets in through. And we have to figure out a business model around the whole idea. What is the way that we will adopt the money? What will be the business model? How will the transparency work about? So, so just imagine these are three kids who, who have no experience in in doing jobs we've done small internships on our own and then we are like finding the right advisors we are finding the right mentors to help us take us through that route taking government permissions to work in certain areas working working out the government relations working out the fundraising working out developing that model doing operations doing the business and dd so it was all a very challenging task all the what an entrepreneur has to do but it was slightly different as well because the sector was really different. The numbers we were talking about were really different. The money, how it had to come and how it had to spend was really different. The licenses and certifications and the audit requirements that the, the sector we were in were really different. So it took us a lot of time to really understand the legal structures. And so this was a bit challenging. And now I look back I so that to advise somebody, I would advise them very really, uh, a lot of things to do differently. Uh, so that they do not have to waste a lot of time figuring out what we had to figure out back then. And um the coming to the second part of your question, figuring out food wastage, it was it was just an idea at the start. So it was um, my it was a, you can could you can say that I had this thing that I saw maybe I, I I just had this idea in my mind that food wastage because I'm I'm a bit into food. I love cooking. I was I was I, I was the guy the food guy I'm a the I I I had this idea that food wastage is one thing that is happening around uh, maybe the weddings you go into. There is this culture that you always end up talking about food wastage when you go to a wedding, when you go to a buffet. And the food scene was taking on in Pakistan. So More and more restaurants are coming in, more and more different types of cuisines coming in. And food eventually becomes the biggest entertainment right now in Pakistan, right? So you know that food is coming in and the, the processed food industry is growing. So... If you if you talk about 2014-15, there are now more processed food the the how you see in the UK or maybe in the US there's a lot of processed food industry you can find in the grocery stores now that the whole culture system has is is in bulk and right you see a lot of brands but that yeah, was taking off the food industry is taking off so we realize that food wasted is going to be sanctioning we're talking about it it's going to be a major problem and we always as I said we were also looking up the global models that were happening around and in, in the UK and the US, because those economies are, were ahead of us, right? Even India, we we followed a few examples, a few people who were developing C solutions in India, right? So we knew these economies were ahead of Pakistan, and the problems they are solving right now will be the problems that we would be facing in like five, 10 years, because our economies are naturally going to, towards, towards more consumerism and people, more grocery stores coming in, more restaurant chains coming in. So it is it is bound to happen, right? So we thought it is going this problem will need to be addressed. And that is how we figured out that we need to delve into this and we need to develop a technology for it. We need to find a solution for it. And while we were working on food wastage, we were exposed to the idea of hunger that I said, the poverty that exists. And then we started developing more and more programs and went deeper into what the organization should look like in the future.
0: Can you talk a little bit about, because I was reading on the website, like there was something called the mega kitchens and, you know, so you have different kind of programs, right? So what are one of, you know, you can, if you could talk about what one of the programs that you have focused on
1: uh, and have seen some sort of success? Well, uh, we are a decent food security and I would just like to read it. So uh, we at Realz believe that we just don't need to feed people, and there's not not one singular dimension that we would be working in. We need to uh, solve this problem as an infrastructural problem, and as an as a behavioral issue as well. I'll I'll explain that later. But developing that infrastructure needs to needs need, needs a wholesome approach, right? So we developed uh, different programs that de- address different problems of the supply chain. We have uh, a food and nutrition division. Which has a, a mega kitchen to it. Uh, the idea of mega kitchen is that maybe we, for we, the very first time in Pakistan, we are opening of uh, food cart. We, the, the these are food carts. You can call them food outlets, which uh, we have developed through our R&D. We have developed a certain type of meal, which is which kind of uh, can be uh, can be liked and eaten by the masses. And we are we are trying to sell it at a very cheap cost. So it's uh, different from this. Tarpan. So the idea is people who have respect and dignity, people even who are learning who are earning, but they do not have the means, they do not find it comfortable sitting around in soup kitchens and food places to to, to stand in the queues for, for free food because the inflation to, to your income gap is too high, right? so you're earning so less and the inflation is too high. And you are not able to put good food on your table. So, the, this venture particularly aims to sell food at a break even price eventually. Not right now, we are subsidizing it right now, but the idea is that it doesn't rely on donation funding. It doesn't have to rely on it's a sustainable venture at the end of the day. So, it will be one kind of a thing in Pakistan that we're developing more and more branches of a food venture that doesn't have necessarily have the objective of making more money, but to feed the masses. It's very affordable rate we are selling them at 60 rupees per meal right now and we are located at different hotspots where we find labor communities where we find workers where we find patients students so then the food is accessible and affordable which is the main problem of food security the food is not available and affordable and accessible to the masses so through this venture we are trying to make food accessible across Park, which is attached to our central kitchen. And Central Kitchen has the capacity to produce food in bulk. And it's just like a micro-franchise model that food is then developed into our Central Kitchen and then through our hub-and-spoke model, the logistics, vehicle take the food to the branches. And we have those people in the branches who are running the retail outlets. And it's all centrally packaged, procured, and delivered to those people and those outlets are running. So this is how this program works. And then we have, uh, under the food and nutrition program, we have uh, free food as well, but that is given in, in more... Uh, confined community places like orphanages, schools, people who require food, uh, uh, not in in modern uh, public places. Public places we have this uh, as a program. Then we have our uh, agri division as well, agri and livestock where we work with small holding farmers. So eventually we realize that we have to work on food security. We have to take care of the farmers in Pakistan. Right. So farmer we being an agri based economy, it is very really important for us to take, the, the, where, where the supply chain starts from. So it starts from the, the small farmer, which happens to be the bulk of our economy, right? The bulk of our food is coming from the small farmer. And nobody is essentially working on them to to help them build their yield, build their farms, build their capacities, uh, train their, their generation that is coming to, to more progressive techniques, so that they could eventually become more and more sustainable they could earn more through their farms and the farming from them is for them is rewarding. Right. So it is very important to so we are now we have a we have a model where we work to build their capacities, provide them inputs, uh, uh connect them to the to the supply chains and help them make money and increase their yield so that they're more happy in their farms and the productivity increases. And then we connect them to the supply chains and we are developing a whole lot of things around that area. So that is our, uh, which is called the Kisan Dos program. So this is uh, the first under the food and nutrition program is called this Hana is where we are selling the cheap and healthy meals, nutritional meals, to, to the masses at a very low price. That is under the food and nutrition division. The other division is agri uh, and Light Talk, where we have this Kisan Dose program that I just mentioned that is working with the small holding farmers around Pakistan, especially in the south and rural Wilson, because those are the most, uh, rural areas which we need a lot of development and we have this again livestock program under the same division that is working to provide uh, livestock which we can rotate uh, with the small farmers and then we can buy back and give them more so they can actually develop a, a herd uh, of their own and we can connect them to, uh, to, to to people who can buy them. So we have these kinds of programs developing more agri-service centers for, for Kisan, uh, for, for the for the farmers, developing those institutes where they can uh, come. It's developing like a one-stop shop eventually for the farmers. Uh, this is what our, this our Agri division looks like. Uh, we are doing a lot of research and advancement in developing techniques, technology, uh, working on regenerative agriculture as well. So developing uh, climate-smart agricultural practices because Pakistan is very vulnerable to climate right now and the food sowing and harvesting patterns are rapidly changing around in Pakistan and the farmers doesn't know that if, if it is even viable to grow that particular crop in that area uh, right now or not it is vulnerable to floods it is vulnerable to weather conditions uh, several uh, diseases that are now coming in before time that are not expected so Pakistan is very a few regions are very extremely vulnerable so we, we are also working on developing Climate smart practices, educating our farmers what regions are now suitable for which crop. So, this is what our every division is now uh, looking into. Uh, uh, then we have this uh, division of, we call it the Risk Youth Republic, Advocacy and Volunteerism. And then we have this program, which is called Risk Youth Republic. So, this is an extensively planned uh our our youth division that is working on developing curriculums training with the youth we have a lot of universities and schools on board where we teach them a lot of things workshop trainings and we have some active chapters who are working on on the on the entire mission that we believe in that the 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 single bottom line that we want to work to ensure human dignity and honor so that the human can reach their true potential right so that is what eventually the strikes or we want to make sure that every human is served with human respect and dignity, which is lost through the entire process of not having food, not having to eat food, which will eventually help them to reach their true potential. And that is what the risk Youth Movement is all about. And then we have some uh, amazing programs which are ventures in their own cells. We have this risk Caravan, that is an agri-education tourism uh, venture that focuses on bringing uh, students and families closer to farms uh, and teaching them about the the practices that are happening around in pakistan the different type of crops that are happening in pakistan fruits and orchid cycles uh, give them exposure to the plucking having to harvest them and giving them farm trainings connecting them with the youth of farm with the farmers lives and families what is the ecosystem because pakistan is largely farmers so, we are connecting through this agri tourism. We are connecting a lot of school children and families with, with, with the farmers. So, this is what Risk Youth Republic is doing. It has a, it has its own university chapters, which essentially which it has a, uh, its chapters in, in school kids as well, in very primary sections as well, where we, in the very start, try to develop and inculcate the right value system and right uh, things that need the, the problem, the landscape of Pakistan, and why. Uh, at a very young age, what is what, what how we need to be more empathetic towards um, towards the problems that we have? How we need to look at from a very a compassionate lens when it comes to, to to solving these problems. So we try to inculcate through our workshop, through our training to do this extent. So these are some of our major programs, and then we have this last community support program there where we 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 are working on the risk bchau thing. And There is Bachao program is where you are saving food, right? So we 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 just uh, like right now we finished one project with one of the grocery companies where we distributed an excess leftover beat flour that was uh, left over from a store. So we pick bulk quantities of excess food. So that is Bachao program from supply chain wherever the food is being wasted. We we, can, we have an extensive network of NGOs that that gets distributed. Right away. So the food is perishable. And it's consumed right away. It doesn't get wasted. We have this emergency relief TV. That is working on calamities. Especially, specifically inside of Pakistan. But uh, also when we have some capacities, We work around the globe as well. That is where our Gaza campaign is working right now. The campaign for, for Palestine is working. Where we are uh, sending in to our partners. And this is the active relief emergency campaign. That is working right now. And then we have this Ramadan. And kurbani, so Ramzan is all about uh, feeding people through Ramzan basterpan, and kurbani uh, is all about when we take, uh, we we do this sacrifice, we do this kurbani ritual, uh, and and uh, the meat eventually gets distributed in our communities and the people who can't afford.
0: I was not aware that you are doing so many things so it's really (laughs) it's amazing that you are able to do all these things and I think you have been around for eight years so this is a lot that you're doing within the eight years that you've been around. Can you talk a little bit more about what you are doing uh, right now when it comes to Gaza and uh, Palestine?
1: All of us know what what the calamity and the emergency situation looks like in in Palestine right now. So we have an uh, Relief division an emergency response division that actively uh, try to work on emergencies in in the limited capacity that we are able to. We are not obviously able to work according to the capacity and extent of the problem is, but we are really active in, in those fronts. And right now the situation is that uh, we are we are trying to uh, our best uh, to to uh, to send aid to Pakistan. And uh, there are only two organizations very actively working around in Pakistan, Al Khidmat being one of them. And we are also, Al Khidmat has a very good infrastructure as well. And they're uh, doing fantastic, some amazing work in this domain as well. And uh, we are essentially have partnered up with another uh, on-ground NGO, a partner that is working on on ground because we have some restrictions and we are unable to, obviously we cannot go down, uh, our teams cannot go down, but we have identified good partners who are working in Gaza and we are sending our aid through them and uh, having uh, the food being being purchased either from Egypt or inside Gaza and then it is distributed in, in the communities that, that are now migrating or that they are moving into different places or hospitals where the food is being needed. So we are particularly working around developing food baskets and uh, getting it uh, to the people in Gaza through our partners and uh, the second thing we are we are developing to do is uh, send aid through the national the, the disaster management authority in Pakistan, which is set to send the the third consignment, which is going to be sent the physical aid that is going to fly to Egypt and then across through the Rafah to to Gaza. So we are in touch with them in collecting the items which can be sent through air cargo to to Egypt and then to Gaza. So these are the two fronts through which the mediums through which we are trying to send aid. Uh, to right.
0: having you talk about so many different you know programs that you're working on and you know what you have achieved so far in like short um eight, i would say like you know eight years is a really long time especially when you're working like at a non-profit so w- what would you uh tell me if i asked you like how do you measure your impact like what impact have you had so far like do you have any numbers that you can share
1: impact when it comes the as i was uh through our program. So uh, when we are, we are running programs, so every program which is run has its own parameters of how we want to, what we want to achieve through that program. So if I particularly talk about food wastage, the division that we, we started off with, we've saved more than 1 million kgs of food mm. in the supply chain, right? So that is worth millions of food that has been saved in Pakistan. Uh, we, 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 we We work with uh, grocery chains we work with restaurants we work with farmers we work with wholesalers and we have developed the supply chain that we are able to feed so many people so if, if i even if i take out an average so around 3.3 million people have been justified by the food that we have saved so the, the 3.3 million meals can be taken out from 1 million kgs of food that has been saved in the supply chain so uh, this is uh, what is happening in food wastage uh, right now so we we have fed more than uh through another program, CSA. so if we talk about our agri-division, we have around 2,500, more than uh, 2,000 hectares of uh, acres of land uh, that we are working with the small farmers right now, building their capacities and improving their yields. So up till now, we we through our reports, we, 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 we've we been turning, analysed that we've um, increased more than 40%, around 30 to 40% of the yield of the small farmers that we work with. And these are the small farmers which, which are below five acres, which have the land holding below five acres of land. So, this is when we talk about um, yeah. our know, Kisandos program. So, when we especially talk about floods, we were able to distribute around 30,000 rations just across Pakistan in the time of when the floods were happening. Uh, We've made more than uh, 150 houses in the flood affected regions, in the flood affected areas when we were working for flood relief. We had this 32,000 rationals distributed through our teams in Sen. We were living in Sen. We have more than 150,000 meals, hot meals that we were preparing with uh, with the help of some local and international NGOs that were working. We developed our kitchens and, and floods, and more than 1,000 hot meals were given out to different capacities in different locations. Thirty-two thousand rations were handed out, 150 homes were developed, uh, tents, multiple tent cities were developed, medicine camps were conducted throughout the entire pan of uh, floods that, that that was particularly for flood affected areas so in 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 large and large if we talk about different programs that we've run, uh we've fed more than two three million people just alone through different feeding programs up till now uh, meals i'm talking about every program has its own way of how it we we made the impact for that particular program yeah. and if we talk about riskhana, we may we make making food for Accessible for up to thousand people every day in the communities that we're starting giving out. So this is what it looks like. We are developing. There is Khana, the venture. We are we are opening up multiple branches now. Up to fifteen branches. We are planning this fiscal year to open, and that will be providing cheap and hot meals to those localities through Ramadan. We feed around uh, around a million, close to million meals in every Ramadan cam- campaign that we do through our Russian and Nastakhon uh, programs. So every program has a lot of. Uh, impact in its own terms and we worked out in uh, our relief campaigns come to worked out in covid as well uh, where we were also given a lot of awards we were given the commonwealth award by the, by the queen as well um, we were the recipient along with the COVID. so this was all being done in different projects every project has its own impact which can be uh, made through maybe meals maybe the food we have saved maybe the the small farmers that we've worked around with the flood aid, or maybe the aid and relief that we've provided to different communities. So this is how we we made an impact.
0: What advice uh, do you have for like social entrepreneurs? Because not, there are not that many people like you doing the work that really needs to get done. Because there is. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's not possible to make it sustainable, but it's it's quite difficult to get to a point where you start breaking even and, you know, you are less dependent on donors and stuff like the, the things that you just mentioned. What advice would you give to a social entrepreneur?
1: Well, even we uh, are not at that particular point in time that we essentially do, do, do not require the donors. We, we currently, for our different programs, we do a lot of ...support from our donors and, and, the, and the companies and the partners that we work with. But um, whatever model you make, so it necessarily doesn't have to be something that you... ...being in the social sector, you you end up making a charity or something. It can be anything. So whatever he, the person wants to make, he wants to work on, on climate, he, he wants to work on food, he wants to work on energy... Whatever the problem that you want to solve, so a social enterprise, the, the legal structure doesn't really matter. Whatever you have in mind, so you want to make a charity, you want to make a company, you want to make a partnership. But if you have something that you socially, the problem that you want to solve for people, particularly in Pakistan, there are a lot of challenges. I've, I've always said that, that there are so many challenges when 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 when, the, when a country is in 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 chaos. When we have, it also means that we have a lot of opportunities to strike, especially the problematic areas, so we have energy as a problem, we have clean water as a problem, we have uh, climate and uh, air pollution as a problem, so every problem also has a very unique solution which is happening somewhere around the globe, the best part is to replicate that solution according to the local conditions, adapt that model to the local conditions of Pakistan. My single advice to all those people is Start de- developing, there's a lot of potential to grow. Start developing solutions around a particular problem that Pakistan is facing. And you will end up creating a very good value addition, very good business model, very good revenue generation around that idea. But that needs to develop around that particular problem that you inherently want to solve when you see it as a challenge. And then you will find amazing opportunities around that area.
0: Thank you so much for taking out the time and telling me about risk, uh, telling my audience about risk. I mean, it's not something that they get to hear all the time. A, a social impact startup is always something that is very unique uh, and not that many people are doing it. I mean, I wish you all the best. Uh, what you're doing is very noble and I wish you nothing but all the best. And you uh, know all the success, uh, you know, one can have uh, doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Zaire. Thanks for listening to the Missile podcast. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and will thank me by writing a review or sharing it on social media. Make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks again. See you soon.